What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Wednesday, August 12th, 2015. You guys are listening to episode 221. I hope everybody had a good, quick break in between shows. Uh, I told you guys that I was getting back to the regularly scheduled Wednesday nights or, you know, late Wednesday nights into Thursday when you could maybe get it on iTunes. And I know you guys are like, no, bullshit. He's always late. He's always putting it out on Thursday, sometimes Friday. No, that's only after a transition of travel or feeling sick. So stop judging. But I am back Wednesday. Here we are. Um... What is it? Yep, Wednesday. Not even close. Not even. This will be done before Thursday. So I am. Uh, I am on time right now. You always feel good when you're on time. You're like, all right, I got my shit together. I'm feeling good. Um, awesome show tonight. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, but first, of course, before we get into the, um, you know, I gotta fucking stop this laundry. I did not have to stop the laundry. I just had to shut the door. Okay, I'm back. Here we go. Of course. Before we start episode 221, uh, got to get to the podcast sponsors. The Verzi Effect podcast is sponsored by GonzoFame.com. Go to GonzoFame.com for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today. Uh, listen to their journeys. Listen to their great, incredible stories. Dave Gaffrey, funny uh, up-and-coming comedian in Chicago, does a great job putting this site together. And you could get a ton, an array of comedians like just Hannibal Burris and Ralphie May and Sean Patton, Doug Stanhope. I did one. Joe Matarese, uh, my buddy Chris Lamberth did one. Um, the guys who did the Super Troopers and all that. Was it Broken Lizard? Those guys were on it. Um... I think Rachel Feinstein was on it as well. Just a bunch of really, really funny people uh, and great interviews. So check out gonzofame.com. Also, the Verzi Effect podcast is sponsored by Brookings Mediation. Uh, call Brookings Mediation and John Burton, who's been doing it 27 years. Uh, if you guys don't know what it is, it's basically if you're going through divorce, if you have debt settlement, if you bankruptcy, um, go through mediation. As a matter of fact, I learned this week... That uh, Ben Affleck and uh, Jen Garner, whatever they, I heard that they did some mediation thing. They they tried it because people understand that there are so much money in legal fees and lawyers when laws are set in place, and you don't even need that when the outcome is going to be the same anyway. And you're going to spend all this stuff. You can go to mediation, and Brookings Mediation has been doing it. Like I said, uh, John Burton, 27 years. Uh, go to brookingsmediation.com or call them at uh, 877-415-7770. Tell them Paul Verzi and the Verzi Effect podcast sent you. You will get 30% off of services, which is incredible. And uh, John does a free over-the-phone consultation wherever you are in the country. If you're going through this, if you're about to spend a shitload of money on law uh Lawyers and legal fees because you're going through a divorce, unfortunately, or just anything that I mentioned, debt, bankruptcy, all that. Call this place. They will help you. They're helping people all over. People don't even know that this option is available to them. And uh, I'm so happy that I'm able to give this option to people. I really am. It's one of those sponsors where you're like, wow, you know, um, that's cool, man. Both of my sponsors are like, hey, 
go check out comedians and interviews and a website and you fucking if you're a comedy nerd you can go check it out and just see all this stuff which is great and also if you're going through some hard shit in life there's a guy out there that can help you with money and fees um he's not a lawyer he's not going to give legal advice he's going to sit down act as a mutual party and try to figure shit out that's going to make everyone's life easier and a whole uh lot quicker and less expensive than the than the you know than going through it the, the legal way. So check out brookingsmediation.com and John Burton. Again, that number is 877-415-7770. Tell him Paul Verzi and the TVE podcast sent you, and he will take care of you. Okay. Um, oh, and of course, All Things Comedy. Um, go to allthingscomedy.com. Also, follow them on Twitter, at allthingscomedy. That's where the Verzi Effect podcast is based out of. That's who, you know, puts it up and, and all that. and um, Yeah, so those guys are the best, some of the best podcasts out there. Look at them all. And uh, that's where we're at. So please support All Things Comedy because they really help the artists and the comedians that they work with. Now, a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of uh, uh, big announcement came out yesterday. I'm sure most of you guys have, have heard it already. But uh, I will announce it uh, later on in the podcast. It's a pretty exciting, pretty crazy thing that's happening. Um, but it's out there, so most of you guys know it anyway. But I, I just, I'll just mention it with the with the plugs. Um, got some, you know, I, I got an unacceptable that I got heated about. And we'll talk some sports, you know, get into the movies. I did not see a movie, but I am 100% doing a movie with my wife because we are not going to have the kids this weekend. That's right. So here's the deal for my weekend. I've been working like crazy in the city this week doing spots. Um, got a spot again tomorrow night. So I've been running around, but I am off the weekend. And my kids are going with my mother-in-law out of state to go to something that my wife and I are not going to. So it will be me and my wife and sleep and movies and chilling and I'm looking forward to doing that. So we have not had that in a while. And I would normally be annoyed that my kids were not going to be here because my mother-in-law wanted to take them somewhere. I'm not even li- going to lie. Not annoyed. Like, I don't mind when my when my kids are ever with my mother or my mother-in-law. Like, I love when they're with... But it's just like sometimes when I'm home in the weekend, like, I want to do shit with my kids. But, like, this is one time when my wife really needs a break. Um, and it'll be nice to be able to, like, go to dinner, go to the movies... We've just been having like a ton of company over and stuff and people get, and I was just like, it's going to be nice to just have nothing. I'm going to chill and just do nothing. We're going to relax, you know, maybe drink a little something. Um, I, uh, I'm very proud of myself. I'd like to say that um, I, I have the problem with smoking cigars where when I go to the city, and I do a couple of shows. If I'm on the 8 o'clock show, let's say I have an 8.30 spot. And then a club puts me on a 10 o'clock show and I have a 10.30 spot. What am I going to do in the meantime when I'm in New York City and it's warm out and beautiful out and there's smoke shops everywhere? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to run into a smoke shop. I'm going to grab a fucking cigar. And I'm going to stand outside before my set and I'm going to enjoy a good cigar. That's what I want to do. Instead of sitting there, you know, some comedians are sitting at tables talking. I don't really want to talk about comedy. I don't want to talk about the business. I don't want to sit there and, you know, drink. I don't want to fucking sit there and keep eating. I don't want to do that. So when you sit outside in New York City at 85 degrees or 90 degrees or whatever it is, it's fucking beautiful. It's a great time to smoke a stick. 
That's what I like to do. So because of that, I started associating late nights and a lot of shows in the city with smoking cigars. Uh, became an issue, and I was like, look, I need to stop this shit. Seriously, I'm not even trying to joke or be funny right now. I was like, I need to, I need, you know, I was never somebody to get addicted to something where it controlled me. You know, I've said it many times, you know, dabble in marijuana, you know, back in the day, coke, not, not, not now, you know. I wouldn't do that. I got a family and shit. But, you know, but anytime I got really into something or liked it and I knew that it could grab a hold of me, I would stop it and be like, nah, I can't do that. Um, cigars is something that it's just such a fucking dope, leisure, gentleman, cool thing, great conversation with friends. It's such a great, great thing. Um, but I started to do it when I wasn't doing that. It wasn't, oh, a scotch and a friend and a talk. <clears throat> Excuse me. It wasn't that. It was like, Oh, I'm standing here right now and there's a smoke shop. Let's get, you know, it just became like, oh my God, it's going to rain. Let me think about that with a cigar. Like it just couldn't be like that anymore. So last night was like one of the first times in a long time where I was in the city. I had an 830 spot and then I had time in between. I had a 1030 spot. It was not raining outside. Comedy Club is right next to a cigar shop. And I just talked to some comedians. I, you know, just sat there. I waited you know, did shit on my phone, just anything I could, and I got through it, and I felt good, and I felt better, I haven't had one today, so I'm really gonna try this, man, I'm really gonna, now listen, if, you, if I'm at, if I'm performing at a club near you, and you got a good Cuban or a good stick, I mean, bring it on down, I got a humidor, you know, I could put that thing in a humidor <laughs> for a little while, so I'm not gonna say don't, you know, don't bring it, if you got it, but um, I'm not encouraging people to, to bring me cigars right now. I'm really trying to get my shit together and um, really kind of want to do a cleanse right now. I want to, um, you know, c I'm continue to lose. I need, I got about 12 more pounds to go. I think if I lose 12 more, I'll be right where I need to be. Um, I'm running, I'm working out, and I'm going to slim down a lot more. I just, I'm, I'm trying to chill with the drinking right now and the smoking um, and I'm trying to test myself in places that it's hard not to on the road by myself or, you know, getting a drink after a show, smoking a cigar after a show. I'm trying really, you know, hard to do that. So that, that's where, that's the one thing that's my battle right now. And it's not a battle. Like I'm not drinking or smoking enough to kill me or anything. I'm just, I'm, I'm it's enough to where it's like, you know, wow, this is really fucking fun and I could do this a lot and I don't want to get there. I was never one to do that, so I'm nipping in the butt. I'm smarter than I sound, you motherfuckers. I'm telling you, you don't know that, but I am. Uh, but this ice cold Budweiser I'm drinking right now is fucking delicious. I'm not, no, I'm kidding. It's a Canada Dry. By the way, Diet Ginger Ale Ice Cold is, I, it's insane. It's a game changer. D like, ice cold. Like, get a painfully cold ginger ale. Painfully cold. And throw diet in there where it's just not... Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy, I think. But, um, I got some stuff to talk about now. Alright? I'm going to talk about a couple of issues that I wanted to talk about on the show. Then I want to um, go into my unacceptable. Then I'll go into your unacceptables. And we'll finish up with a couple of more segments. You guys know how the Verzi Effect works. This is episode 221. With me, your host, Paul Verzi. The Verzi Effect Podcast. Wherever you may be right now. In a cubicle in Chicago. On a treadmill. 
in fucking Florida or fucking an alligator in Florida, wherever you may be on the West Coast acting like you don't mind that it's the same thing every day, wherever you are. (laughs) Um, I hope you are enjoying yourself and enjoying the listen. I know some of you guys are on a train somewhere where you can't. That's one of my favorite things what what podcast uh, fans say to me is that when they're on a train or like public transportation and like they'll burst out laughing and everybody just looks at them and like look they're crazy. That's one of my favorite things, compliments to do when you do the show. But here are the couple things that I want to talk about. First of all, say what you will. I am not a Democrat or a Republican. I am not. I am a registered independent and I'm somebody proud that I did not vote. I did not vote in the last election. I did not vote. I love not voting. I didn't believe in anybody, and I fucking exercised that right to not vote. Like my buddy Dave Smith. Shout out to Dave Smith, the Legion of Skanks. Like he said, he's like, fuck that. He's like, I exercised my right to not vote. And people frown upon it, but I did it, and it was fucking awesome. Because here's the thing. They say, you know, vote the lesser two evils. That's bullshit to me. That means that everybody's fucking evil, and I'm going to pick one. I don't want to do that. I don't want to take part in picking an evil. I think... Picking the lesser of two evils is actually a fucking really dumb thing for somebody to do. And I think the more people that look at it as a dumb thing to do, the more people won't vote, and then people will see, wow, like things are really bad because people aren't voting. Like, when, like, I love when Carlin said that. He's like, I'm not fucking putting this asshole in there, or I'm not doing this. Don't fucking blame me for it. Oh, you're part of the problem if you don't, but you're part of the problem. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. I think a lot of people that vote are part of the fucking problem. But um, I do believe in voting, of course. I believe in exercising your right to vote if, and this is a big if, if you believe in something, if you're moved, if you really think somebody's going to stir something up, if you really think somebody would change things around. Now, that being said, um, I, I'm making fun of a lot of these Republican nominate, nominees on, you know, on stage just because it is fucking hilarious. I mean, you got a guy named Jeb. You know, you got fucking Trump just talking like he's a high school kid who would be president, what he would do. You got fucking you know, Chris Christie, a fat guy from Jersey. I mean, it, it really is comical, but I got to tell you, the shit Trump said was so hilarious and refreshing. Now, I'm not saying the guy's a little bit fucking out there. I'm not saying he doesn't have a little aspect of moron to him. But there were a couple things he did, and you know I've talked about this on my show, where like, you know, the political correctness and the things you can't laugh about and the things you can't do, and you guys have reached out to me about it. You know, you just can't do things anymore that you used to be able to do. You can't even say something, you know, that you don't even mean. You know, like, I actually have to think twice, like, back in the day, okay, and you guys know me, if you listen to my podcast on a regular basis... I I can I've fortunately for my for myself I've been able to travel I'm well traveled um, I've met people I've learned a lot I've talked to different cultures I've eaten different foods I've I've spoken to people of all ethnicities I've, I've of cultures everything and I do not have a racist bone in my body I am not you know I don't care if you're gay I don't care what you do but like I always said like. If my friend had a fucking like short shorts on and I can't bust his balls and I like I even have to think twice to be like, what do you fucking like dick in those things? 
And it's like something that would be like if somebody heard that, I'd be like this awful fucking bigot person and I can't even fucking joke about it. And and that's a really sad thing. You know, I believe me, I, I don't want to fucking alienate people. I don't want to make people feel bad. But like, you know, um, I, it's just it's a little much. And you guys know what I'm saying. I don't have to fucking defend it or, or repeat myself. You guys understand what I'm saying. And um, what that Megyn uh, Kelly said to Trump and she was like, you know, she went at him and she was like, yeah, you know, you said that she would look good on her knees or something like that. And when he just goes, this is such a fucking politically correct. I'm, listen, and I know a lot of you guys don't like Trump, and I'm not even saying the guy should be president. I'm just saying what was refreshing was to have a guy on that platform in front of a lot of people, in front of the nation listening. And, and you know, people that are just so afraid to say things. And he's like, look, guys are going to be around each other and fucking joke. Political correctness, you're going to joke around and you're going to say stuff and you can't be so fucking politically correct and we're way too politically correct. That was a very important thing for people to hear him say. And the crowd went fucking nuts and loved it. And even the people that didn't fucking like him thought it was refreshing and, and respected it. You know, let me tell you something, ladies. When guys are around each other, if they say something sexual as a joke, it doesn't mean they're a bad person. It doesn't mean that they're a piece of shit. It means that they're fucking guys joking around. Okay, and a lot of times sex is the butt of the joke. Okay, that's what it is. It's not a fucking. And I loved when he fucking did that. And I loved when people went at him how he just shot it down and knew. I really got to be honest. I did. I mean, does he sound a little fucking nuts sometimes in the way he's like, she's a moron? Like I said, I said <laughs> he's gonna slip and call Hillary a cunt. And if he does, I'm voting for him every single time he's he runs for anything. But, um. Yeah, I just, the way he was talking and the shit that he was saying, it was like, oh my God, like, is it, could you imagine if that guy got elected? The sound bites that you would get day in and day out if that guy was elected. And I love when he talks about him in the third party. He's like, yeah, and that won't happen to Trump. And he points to himself. I mean, this is like, this guy is like a fucking fighter. It's great. Now, if he got elected, would the country go to shit? Uh, that's a, that's another. That's another question I don't know the answer to, but I just listening to this stuff is funny. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a comic. Maybe it's because I remember Dana Carvey was like, you know, I loved Bush as president because it was a worth. It was a you know unbelievable, uh, just wealth of, of material as a comedian. But when you see guys like Chris Christie walk in and he's kind of heavy, or you see Trump talking shit, or it's just really hilarious. Um, so I really like that. And I loved, but the main thing I loved was when a woman went at him on some feminist shit. And he was like, yeah, guys say that. It's way too politically correct. I was joking around. I was having fun. You know? And any fucking person that would understand or understands attractive people or sex, a guy saying, oh, that woman would look good. She'd be, she'd look good on her knees. It's, it's a, I mean, it's, it's a fucking dumb sexual thing. The fact that he, that it was even brought up in a debate is even more of a reason why I love that he fucking shot it down. And, uh, really made me not like that chick, uh, Megyn Kelly for fucking doing that. It's like, get, a, get fucking over yourself and get over the fact that you have a pussy, you know, get over it. Yeah, you and half the other world. You have a fucking pussy, and you you know, and you're you're a feminist. I fucking get it. Okay, fucking grow up. It's a fucking joke. Um, speaking of having a pussy, there was an MMA fighter who uh, apparently hacked off his dick, and they're giving Ronda Rousey shit. Here we are again. It's just back to somebody can't say anything that's true. I mean, can't say, yeah, can't say anything that's true without getting having a problem with it. 
So I guess there's an MMA fighter called Fallon Fox. And I think it was a black dude who, uh, I guess, you know, cut off his cut off his penis and, you know, hormones and everything and has long hair now and kind of looks and, and is like a, like a big fucking, you know, bodybuilding woman or whatever who fights MMA. So Ronda Rousey was saying like, even though, and, and she used words like, you know, hacked off his pecker and has taken hormones, like it still has a body structure of a man and is at an advantage. And apparently this person, Fallon Fox, won and like gave a girl a concussion, broke a jaw, like really fucked this girl up. So Ronda Rousey was like, yeah, like this is not, like this is not fucking fair. It's a complete disadvantage and I don't care what these, you know, what, what the person did to themselves. It's a man's structure and it's, it's an, it's an advantage. So everyone's like, oh my God, Ronda Rousey's against transgender people. She's this, she's that, she's she's a bigot, she's nothing more. How could she be celebrated? How could ESPN pimp her around when she's a bigot? And it's like, what are you talking about? She's in a fucking business where she has to fight somebody. And this person who happens to be a fighter in that same business was a man who cut off his dick and is now throwing punches at chicks as a woman. And it's like, no, that's a fucking advantage. Why does that make her a bigot? It's so fucking stupid. I, it's so fucking dumb, man. These people, sh- I, oh my God, these people should be fucking rounded up. Just fucking rounded up and put somewhere. Like in a fucking, you know. Just put them in like a modern day fucking like camp where like they don't get tortured or anything, but they just fucking don't have access to laptops and shit. You know, they just got to fucking sit in a cell and you just throw them like fucking coloring, colored pencils and fucking like white paper and just fucking have them go crazy. I, they fucking, that's what they fucking deserve. All of them. These fucking people, man. You can't say something like that. It's like, I, I just, I don't get it. So if a comedian, let's just say like a comedian wasn't like getting much buzz or heat or anything and then all of a sudden they went transgender and they started getting huge stuff and they started getting sitcoms and something like that and then a comedian goes, wow, man, well, who knows what would have happened if they didn't do that but ever since they did that, that was that's what took them over the top. You're just stating a fact. It's nothing against the person. You're just stating something. Does that mean you fucking hate? Does that mean you're fucking a bigot and you're getting... No, you're just saying... Like, that's the fucking, that was, that was something that happened. It's the same thing here. It's like, yeah, she could do whatever she wants to, to her body, but at the end of the day, that's a man's bone structure that was born a man. You know, men are born stronger. That's fucking, that's, that's, that's logic. That's, that's, that's science. It's, it, it is what it is. A man is fucking bigger. And now Ronda Rousey's getting shit for it. You know why she's getting shit for it, everybody? She's getting shit for it because she's on top always happens that's what that's for some reason in this country or in the world when somebody is on fucking top they had fake reports about her doing steroids after she kicked this chicks from brazil's ass they have all these fucking stories about her you know what she's a fucking down-to-earth cool fucking chick my buddy Giannis interviewed her she's really fucking cool she's just fucking says what she feels she minds her business and she beats the fuck out of whoever's in front of her and you know what people can't fucking handle it they can't when a comedian's doing good, they're just waiting for the slip-up. When this is going on, you know, and somebody's on top of the world, they're just fucking waiting. It happened. It just fucking happens. 
And they wait for it. They fucking wait for it. And granted, some people make mistakes and it comes and it's epic and people love it. But the fact that these people prey on it or try to find it and bait it is bullshit. Ronda Rousey's got every right in the world to say that, yeah, a man could cut his penis off. But you know what? If he's getting in that fucking octagon or that cage or whatever and he's swinging he's swinging man fucking uh, a man skeleton is being thrown around in there i don't give a shit what and that that is fucking true there's nothing else you could say about it fuck everybody i think it's ridiculous that people would get mad at it so those are my two things now i will get into my unacceptable then i will get into your guys unacceptable Oh, 25 minutes in. You lucky assholes. I mean, this is flowing beautifully. I mean, like, this is just like, I mean, you guys got to be driving in the car going, this is a good fucking listen. You know, I'm not even trying to be arrogant right now. I'm enjoying this podcast. Uh, (laughs) I'm half fucking around, everybody. Just don't relax. I just, uh, every time I look at the time and it's going moving fast and I have shit to say, I'm like, this is good. This is good. It's like the time where I'm like looking for something and I'm like, ah, fuck, this is going to be a, this is going to be not great. Okay. Here we go, everybody. Here's a situation. Here's my unacceptable for episode 221 of the Verzi Effect podcast with me, your host, Mr. Paul Verzi. Here's what it is. I have a dishwasher upstairs and I should say had because uh, we can't use it anymore because for some reason the dishwasher that we have upstairs uh, which is a nice one it's like a Kenmore Elite I think it was we kind of got it grandfathered in when we bought the when we bought the house the house was redone and this guy had done that so we were just like yeah great we got a fucking amazing dishwasher and everything was great for a while and then all of a sudden we started to notice that our Floor was getting wet on the tiles and just one of the tiles had like a slight crack and the rest of the floor was in perfect condition and it was like a new nice floor and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? I don't like this. And we we're like, shit, we got to shut down the uh, the water. What's happening? So the plumbers come to the house. They check stuff and then the plumbers undid the bottom of the dishwasher and they looked. We turned the dishwasher on and sure enough, they said it wasn't the plumbing, it wasn't the pipes in the house, it was actually the water pump in the dishwasher starts to leak once the dishwasher is on. Big problem. So, there's a couple of unacceptables here. I have all the the information and the contract of the dishwasher says we have a five-year contract on it, right? Five-year warranty protection. So, that's great. It runs out in October. We're able to use this warranty. We're able to use the, you know, the product gives you five years and it, it, it fucked up right before five years. So I call up Sears and I'm like, look, here's the deal. You know, my name is Paul Verzi. I live at this address. Um, here's the, here's the contract number and the thing. Here's a certificate, you know, I got a certificate, certification number. I have a model number, everything that they could want. Like it's a Kenmore elite. It's a nice fucking appliance. Here's everything. Here's the date it was bought, all that stuff, the transfer of the house, everything I gave these people. Right. And they're like, okay, no problem. Mr. Verzi, we're going to come out. When do you want it? I was like, well, you know, I'm traveling. I'm doing this. I got... You know, my kids are going to be here. My wife's going to be here. Let's do it this day. What's the window? The window's 2 to 4. Fine. I may be going to the city that day. My mother will be here. Whatever. Somebody will be here 2 to 4. I write down the day. Nothing happens. Nobody shows nothing. 
So I'm like, was it us? There was no way. My mom was there with the kids. Even when I left, like, what's going on? So I know nothing, nothing happens. So my wife and I are so busy that we don't even think about it until we're like able to actually think about it. Like, you ever have that shit happen where you're just like, well, wait a minute, the fuck, did they never, what happened? So my wife's like, you know what, why don't you call back and take care of it? Now here's where the unacceptable happens. I call up and I'm like, look, I gave all this information. They asked me a million questions. They told me to turn on the fucking dishwasher. They told me to do all these different things. I had a plumber come in the house, tell me it's a dishwasher pump, all this. I had all of that happen. This is my address. This was the time. We thought it was going to be on this day or that day. Both days, nobody came. What's the thing? And they're like, can you give me your phone number? So I give the phone number. They said, that's not in the records. So then I said, uh, all right, I can give you another phone number. I'll give you my wife's number. That's not in the records. So I go, so this whole time I'm waiting for an appointment and nobody comes. And now you're telling me, yeah, nobody came. We didn't know. There was nothing in the records. We couldn't even call anybody. We didn't know. So basically, all of that fucking information I gave the first time I called just went to this computer and nobody knows anything. Okay? So I call, I'm talking to later. They're like, okay, I give this second time. When the second time I call, I give all the information again. Now, I don't even mind that something happened with the appointment. I'm still cool with them. I'm still good with Sears. I'm still like, you know what, whatever. Shit gets messed up. I get it. People mess up in their job. Maybe something with the system. Fine. So then I give the I give all the information again. And then after that, a lady goes, okay, I have all the information. Let me just set you up with the technical people. And when the technical people get on the phone, we'll get you an appointment and you'll be done. I said, very good. Great. So all of a sudden it goes, so-and-so, hey, so-and-so, how can I help you? And right when the person said, how could I help you? I knew I had to fucking go through it a third time. Okay, so it wasn't, you're you're not sending me to the fucking technical people. Okay, and then it's going to be better and they're going to know everything and just give me an appointment. You're sending me to a fucking technical person because after I gave you the fucking correct information, you didn't know what the fuck to do with it. So then you just wasted my time, wasted your time, and now you sent me to somebody I got to do it all over again. Okay, that's my unacceptable. So I'm talking to this lady. And then she goes on to tell me, this is the third lady. And I said, ma'am, I'm not trying to be fucking mean right here. Not now, I'm not trying to be. And then my daughter, while I'm doing this, my daughter drops down, plops in front of me, starts screaming. And I have to pick my daughter up and put her on the bed to calm her down. She's screaming. I'm telling the lady sorry. And the daughter, my daughter took a little mustard off my fastball because like this lady was waiting for me and she was kind of cool to wait through all this shit. And then I'm coming back like a dick. So I wasn't being able to be the dick that I wanted to be. And I didn't want to be a dick. So I'm like, look, I said the story twice. I don't know why they're sending me to tell you again. This is what happened and I'm frustrated now. Okay, the fucking dishwasher pump is broken. You guys were supposed to come out, didn't come out. You don't have my phone number. I keep giving this information. I need somebody to come to my house and fix my fucking dishwasher. That's what I need. I need that to happen. Okay, I don't care how like who I need to talk to. Just put me in charge. This is what you have to do, okay? I need to talk to the person right now that is going to take my information and say, okay, Mr. Verzi, Thursday will be there. 
Thank you. Here We have your phone number in the system now. Thursday from this time to this time. Who the fuck is that person I need to talk to? Because if, t- if I'm going to tell you this story again, and then it's going to go to some other fucking department and I have to do it again, I'm going to fucking freak out and want to drive my car through a Sears fucking window, which is probably a storefront and not even the people that I'm calling. But I'm going to have to damage something at Sears because now I'm starting to fucking lose my mind. It's absolutely unacceptable for these companies... Okay, to take your information and then send you to another fucking department on the phone and then do it again. Not to mention this fucking automated guy. I, dude, you know that their automated guy literally goes like this to me? He goes, oh, you, you could talk to me. I, I, I understand full sentences. So now I start having a full-fledged conversation and I swear to God I'm not crazy. At one point I go, can I please talk to somebody? And I swear to God the thing raised its voice. It goes, well, if you give me information, I was like, what? The robot fucking started to yell at me. And I even dealt with that. But the unacceptable thing is this shit with telling everybody the same story and then department to department. And I found out the reason why it never went through the first time is because the phone number in the records for my address was a previous owner and not mine. Nobody fucking figured to, 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 nobody even figured to mention that to me. Unacceptable. Absolutely 100 unacceptable. 100% unacceptable. If you work at fucking Sears, bring this bring this podcast. If you work at Sears, bring this podcast. And I'm, I don't hate Sears. I, I, don't, I don't really have that. I don't have beef with Sears. Okay? Because everybody I talked to was a sweetheart. The problem was I had to keep talking to sweethearts. Okay? I don't want to talk to three sweethearts. Okay? I want to talk to either one sweetheart or I'll, I'll even take a dickhead if it means I'm getting it done. That's what I need. So if you work at at fucking Sears, send this send this thing, and then they sent the part today, and they're coming next week. So everything is done; it's in the system. But that was my unacceptable for the week. Woof. Okay, I just got mad. All right, this is an official Verzi Effect podcast right now because I just got mad. All right, let's get to your guys' unacceptables. Here we go. This is from Crasher. Oh no, I always say because it says it. This is from Corey Martinez. Hey, Paul. My unacceptable today isn't funny. It's just something that pissed me off. My coworker just lost... Oh, boy. My coworker just lost his oldest son a few days ago. Well, that's terrible, man. I hate to hear that. And today, I learned that they won't bury him until they get at least 5000 out of the total 12000 owed. Now he's scrambling around asking people for help so he can give his son a proper funeral. Why the fuck do they need so much money immediately? This is an absolute worst time to put the stress of money on a grieving father. Unacceptable. Wow, man. That is... I hate to hear that. Um, I am... What the fuck is that? What is that? What the... Where... I literally can't find my phone. And it's... Buzzing. Oh, it's in my fucking pocket. I'm sorry. All right, I can't. All right, so anyway, sorry about that. Um, that is absolutely awful, Corey. I feel horrible um, about that. I apologize even for that phone vibrating during the, the, that because I was just like trying to find it. to. I didn't want to deal with that while I was reading that. That is a um, really horrible... Um, and it is very unacceptable that these fucking, these fucking, vo- these pieces of shit, okay, 
these pieces of shit can't fucking do something or they need that much money to do something so that the son, the fucking beloved son of this man, they have to wait. It's absolutely heartbreaking and crushing to fucking read this unacceptable. Uh, thank you for the submission and, uh, you know, hopefully whatever little awareness that my show could bring to this fucking thing is, uh, is, is great for anybody in the country or in the world to hear this because it's fucking brutal, you know? Um, I just, I don't understand why they would need that much money and I don't understand, you know, and, and I mean, I would hope somebody in the guy's family or somebody could help, you know what I mean? Like it would be in a position to just fucking throw the guy some cash to get it done and then have the guy pay him back or something. But that is, that's awful. Um, and, uh, thank you so much. You're right. It's, it, you know, unacceptables don't always have to be funny. You know what I mean? Like that's, I'm, I actually really appreciate that. And, um. You know, you're a good coworker to be frustrated about it and try to vent it out somewhere. So thank you so much. Okay, this next uh, unacceptable is from James uh, Aria. He says, Paul, I'm a long-time listener, but I have never submitted an unacceptable until the savage behavior I experienced at my brother's bachelor party. Um, okay, well, you are at a bachelor party, but I'm with you. I rented a house near the beach to celebrate my brother's bachelor party. The house uh, technically slept only five, but we had a plan of squeezing more people into a house like sardines for the weekend. When we arrive at the house, we realize that the cottage we rented is just a renovated barn in the back of the owner's house. She is no more than ten feet away from us. She notices the amount of people entering and tells me we have... A contract for five people. I promise her not everyone is staying at the house, but you can see the skepticism in her eyes. I tell everyone in the house the situation and make sure everyone is on the same page. It is agreed by the 14 people that we are having, that we have staying at the house, that we will uh, be ninja-like when we get back from the bars and not make a sound. Well, I don't know if that's going to happen with fucking 14 animals. Not saying you guys are all animals, but 14 drunks. You think 14 30-year-olds could handle that? Instead, when we get back, it was like I rolled the dice in fucking Jumanji. Animals came out of everywhere. People were pissing in the ladies' bushes, running through the backyard naked, blasting music till 4 a.m., and trying to wrestle each other like sexually frustrated gorillas. I went from best man to zookeeper. I even found a uh, smush Pop-Tart jam uh, in a white rug in one of the bedrooms the following morning. The savagery continues... But this email is already way too long. My apologies. Call animal control. Bring in the cages and euthanize these barbarians before they reproduce. Um, P.S. Saw you at Laugh Boss on the Thursday show. Got to talk to you a bit. It's my girlfriend. And uh, reassured your mega bus. Oh, yeah, I remember that. So, uh, mega bus sucks dick. Um, I'm interested in entering comedy myself one day. And you and Burr really inspired me to get off my ass and do what I enjoy. Keep up the great work, um, Jim. Well, thank you, Jim. Um, yeah, uh, I got to tell you, with a bachelor party, 14 drunk guys going back to a house that sleeps five, you were asking for it. And the lady's skepticism in her eyes was 100% right. But 
it seems like you're a type of guy that could go out and drink and then when you get back kind of calm down and chill not going to be the case at a bachelor party but i appreciate the um the submission and also man if you're trying to get into comedy and all that uh yeah man give it a chance you know if you love it, it's something you enjoy and it's something you were thinking about doing, man. Why why not do it, dude? You live once, go out there, try it, go to an open mic, and if something clicks and you like it, good. And if, if not, you're like, ah, that's something to try but not do, you'll know. You'll know either way if it's something you love and have to keep doing it and you get the addiction or not and it's something you think you could do and feel in your heart you could do. So uh, that's what I would say to that. Um, okay, this one is from Marco Frannick and he sent me a... He sent me uh, Lost at E Minor, and it was friends prank alcoholic friend into thinking he was in a coma for 10 years. That is fucking hilarious. Um, that is an epic prank. <laughs> friends won't... Oh, that's great. Yeah, so these friends... <laughs> it says friends won't let you uh, drive, drink and drive, but true friends will let you drink kidnap you after you pass out and then prank you into thinking you got into a car accident and have been in a coma for 10 years that's what tom Mave and jim clark did with their alcoholic friend who was on the verge of getting uh, a sixth dui to pull a prank they took small office and turned it into a hospital room oh my god when their friend passed out in his truck as expected they took him and set him up in a fake hospital watch the video to see emotional quite shocking ending as tom the true friend that he is pleads to his friend about possibly implications of his addiction with alcohol dude that is fucking amazing that is amazing you know what? I have to. Pa I'm pausing this show. You guys won't feel it. I gotta see this. Thank you so much for that video, and uh, Marco Frank. I swear to God, that was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. I'll tell you guys what happened, uh, but I want to share it with you. I, I think I thought it was I, beyond funny. So this guy. This guy just drank and passed out in his car, and he's just had five DUIs. They're afraid he's going to kill somebody or kill himself, and he's got a daughter. He's got a... So they, they fucking... He passes out, and they just make a phone call, and they're like, all right, it's go time, and they transform an office into this hospital, and they it looks exact, and the butt, things are going off, and they the woman comes in, and it's like, you know, we're going to explain everything to you. He looks all confused, and they said that it, he got into an accident in 2013, and now it's 2023, and then they put the TV on, and all the news is weird. Like, Hillary is the president, Justin Bieber and fucking Dale Earnhardt are like lifetime partners for 10 years and all this stuff. And the guy is just sitting there completely confused and freaked out. And uh, and then this friend just starts smacking him in the face going, you have fucking five DUIs, you asshole, and like gives him reality check. That was awesome. You got to check that out. Um, uh, what is it called? Uh... What is it? I'll give you guys the, the, the website to go see it. So it's uh, Lost at E Minor. You can just go to Lost at E Minor.com. Such a great prank that was. Oh my God, that's awesome. All right, so let me get back to the next one. Thank you so much for the, um, for the submission. And here we go. Um, this one is from Toby... Uh, Laba, 
And it says, um, hey, Paul, I love the show, and I'm looking forward to hearing your new album. Well, thank you. It will be available very soon, probably within two weeks. Uh, I love the show, and I'm looking forward to hearing... Oh, sorry. I just read that. Uh, I know that you have uh, talked about this in the past, but I really feel it is unacceptable. Uh, wait a minute. That's What I really feel is unacceptable are people these days... With such thin fucking skin. I want to be able to watch and listen to a comic with no holds barred. I don't feel that he or she should have to hold back because some hypersensitive douchebag out there may get upset by what they hear. Uh, you know what? Fuck you, you fucking fragile pussy, pussies. I'm offended by the fact that you're offended so easily. If you don't like... Uh, opinionated comedy ba uh, based on real situations, then go fucking watch fucking Sesame Street or some shit. Grow up and realize not everybody shares your opinion on everything. This world would suck even worse if they did. Sorry it was a bit long. No, it wasn't, but I'm fucking fed up with this shit. Thanks for all the laughs, brother. Keep it up. Toby Laba. Well, Toby, thank you so much. I agree with you 100%. I think that um, it is bad, man. It is, you know. I think that, um, you know, that's kind of what I was talking about with the whole Trump thing. It's like just refreshing whether you like somebody's politics or you like them or not. Listening to that is fucking dope. I don't care what anybody says. You know, you can't be afraid of shit to say because it's free to speech and just say it. And if people don't like it, they don't like it, you know. And thank you for the submission. Here we go. This one is from Joseph... Tronkale. Uh Greetings, Mr. Verzi. First of all, oh, okay. I, I'm not going to mention that, but uh, let's see. My unacceptable for the week, as you and thank you, and you know what I'm talking about, so I will I will mention it later. But thank you, man. I, I appreciate that. My unacceptable for the week, as usual, is courtesy of the lovely state of Florida. This past weekend, I was doing what I usually do. Get the boat out on the water, enjoy the beautiful scenery, and catch some fish with my friends. A popular activity in the area is anchoring your boat at the sandbar, especially on the weekends. It's great fun posting up next to sometimes hundreds of other boats. Um, you can get out, walk around in ankle-deep water, check out the beautiful scenery of women and expensive boats, or take a dip in the deeper channel. Many will enjoy a beverage and perhaps... Uh, burn a fat J. Many will listen to reggae music uh, that bigger boats are playing. It's just a badass way to relax with fellow boaters who appreciate the taste of the high life. It sounds awesome to me. Uh, well, there was a boat near ours with some middle-aged women who were clearly deep into their cups um, by about 1 p.m. Now, I'm not here to tell you any uh, anyone when or how to drink, or how much to drink, but clearly, they were hammered and being loud, begging for attention, dancing around the boat like a couple of whores, no surprise there, however, what came next was fucking unacceptable to the highest degree, not only were these hippos wearing uh, swimsuits that barely covered their cottage cheese ass looking thighs and extremely low hanging tits, but they started, uh, they started... Uh, meandering around 
the sandbar like those ugly strippers trying to hustle lap dances on a slow weekend night. These two animals were just making it past the area we were in when one of these cows stopped dead in her tracks, put her hands on her knees, and started throwing up into the clear, shallow blue water. Ugh. We were all enjoying. It was an ultimate, oh, want, want, want moment. Women gasped, kids screamed, oh my God, and grown men wept. It started a mess. Oh my God, dude. It uh, started a mass, started a mass exodus of all surrounding boats and boaters. It almost felt like I was nine years old when the whole fourth grade class at an amusement park when uh, when the fourth grade class at an amusement park when suddenly the roller coaster breaks down for the day. Sandbar Sunday quickly turned into a fire drill, and we were out of there as soon as the engines would start. Fucking animals, Paul. I would say put them in a cage, but I'd rather just feed these bitches to the sharks. Uh, by the way, if you're a performer in Florida, uh, you want to slay some fish? Yes, I would love to. We'll take you out on a boat. Um, yeah, and I'll put you on, on them. Yeah, that would be great. Um, that would be a, I don't know if you fight some of these saltwater beasts before basketball. Uh, yeah, that would be awesome, dude. Boating is a badass sport, you say, and gives you opportunity to enjoy the beautiful outdoors at the same time. Much love, Joe. Thank you, Joe. That is unacceptable, um, and God forbid that's ever my daughter. Thank you for the, <laughs> thank you for the submission. Here we go. This is from um, Derek Morin. Uh, I was talking to a buddy about this local woman who OD'd on heroin and had to get a sh- had to get a shot of. Narcan, eight, I don't know what that is, but eight times just this year. Oh, okay, I guess that's to make sure that they can't take it to get sick. I was saying how pathetic she is when this cunt interrupts us saying how ignorant we were, uh, how her addiction is a disease, and that she was probably over-prescribed painkillers by her doctor. I retorted when, listen, you cunt, um, no one was talking to you. You are part of the problem. She is not a victim. She was abusing the painkillers. I have no sympathy for her or weak-ass social justice warriors. Put them in a cage and maybe they will die from from their withdrawals. Pathetic. Um, I mean, dude, yeah, I don't know what to say to that other than like, you know, it's, yeah, I don't, I, I have a really hard time with people that like, like I said, I mean, I do think that there's definitely like disease out there with this stuff, but I also think there's a big selfish aspect and it's like enough is enough. And, um, you know, you were saying how pathetic she is, you know, and then uh, when some cunt interrupts us saying how ignorant you were, how her addiction is a disease and all that stuff, and you were like, you know, and that she was probably prescribed pain uh, you know over prescribed painkillers by her doctor and it's like first of all yeah nobody what i love how you said listen you cunt no one was talking to you you're part of the problem uh i i dude i actually agree with you here on this one i know some people don't but uh, i'm not saying it's not a disease like i said but um first of all don't interrupt my conversation bitch you don't know me and i don't understand why you're doing it but if you have to you know 
ODing eight, you know, ODing and needing a shot eight times and all that stuff just means it's like, you know, go to out, you know, go go to a rehab and stay there and fucking lock yourself. Like I would, I mean, if I want to live, which I do, and I had that problem, I would just say, dude, I'm going to rehab. I'm fucking like go to Arizona or one of these places, have them lock me up and shit, and I'll just try to, you know, better myself until I really have a hold of it. That's just me, you know, whatever. But thank you for the submission. This is from Kyle Carroll. Hey, Paul. I uh, I walked into the bathroom today at work, and I was met with a smell, which I can, which I can only be described as somebody who ate nothing but beer, beans, and laxatives for dinner the night before. So I walk up to the urinal to do my business and do my best to ignore the satanic stench. Just when I think it can't get any worse, this guy decides it's round two. Rocket shit launcher versus porcelain throne paul i'm telling you it's uh i'm telling you the sounds coming from this stall would give kelly myers a run for his money i love how kelly myers is like a fucking notorious character on my podcast um this atrocity only lasts a few seconds and without missing a beat after a few grunts and the sound of toilet paper being ripped once or twice and a flush, this animal begins to exit the stall. By this time, I'm just starting to wash my hands. Now for the unacceptable. Yes, this fucking animal walks straight by me. Oh, the fully functioning sinks and soap dispensers. Looks me in the eyes and says, how's it going? Wipes his eye with what I could only assume is the shit scraping hand and walks out of the bathroom. I am never opening a bathroom door again without paper, without paper towel securely wrapped around my hand. Unacceptable pink eye epidemic. Put him in a cage. Pass the hand sanitizer. Dirty underwear. Uh, oh man, yeah, that's fucking brutal. And here's the other thing: even if he wasn't a hand washer, he could have at least washed his hands in front of you. But thank you, Kyle, for the submission. Got uh, only a few more here, guys, and uh, we'll get to some Twitter and be done. Uh, this is hilarious. Uh, this one, Joshua Scott. Hey, Paul. Um, well, I'm back again. I could do this every week, but like to call out only the true unacceptable. I saw an uncaged animal and her child. <laughs> uh, I can't even call her uh, a mother because if she was a real mother, this wouldn't have happened. She brought her daughter into a public, uh, into public with a temporary tattoo that said "sexy bitch." Oh my God! Uh, where her cleavage would be. Oh my God! Completely unacceptable. I'm calmly and respectful. Said, "Really, la- uh, really, lady, in the world we live in, you want to advertise your child to be these per- to." Uh, to these perverts as a sexy bitch. Her response, Paul, was, what? She is a sexy bitch, and she's going to get looks regardless. Oh, I'm done, Paul. I can't. Cage me up just to get me away from these animals. I was going to try and get a picture, but but you can't take a picture of a six-year-old's chest. Oh, my God. That she would have fucking that young? That's a fucking dude, man. That's brutal. Uh, I'm sorry, but you can't get a picture of a six-year-old's chest. Then I would be unacceptable. Bad parenting is out of control. Oh, my God. Side note, it made it worse 
that this wasn't in a Walmart. <laughs> oh my God! Well, thank you, Joshua. That was a, a, a that's probably um, fucking. I mean, people text at the worst time. That's probably one of the best unacceptables, but also as far as one of the worst. But it doesn't get more acceptable than that. Um, all right, let's go. We got two more here. Okay, this next one here, uh, I was asked to uh, not use the name or email, so no worries. Um, was in a local video store in northern Michigan, and three gay boys were in there and couldn't keep their filthy hands off of each other. Have some class for fuck's sake. You don't see hetero couples pulling that shit in family video store in front of children and other customers. I have absolutely no issue with gay people whatsoever, but that is over the line. Lock these animals in a cage with a big tub of lube. Completely unacceptable. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. I uh, love your work. Um, uh, I appreciate it, man. And uh, hopefully I will be in Michigan soon. Um, thank you for the submission and this one is from billy coogan kids yelling into headset microphones while playing xbox online example the dad or brother or somebody else will be playing but gives the kid the headset so it so it could yell and scream into it for everyone else to hear while they play it happens almost every time i play and it's fucking annoying what kind of asshole parent animal lets their kids watch or play grand theft auto 5 or call of duty way to set an example assholes that shitty parent is probably a driver for megabus uh Fuck Megabus, that's great. Uh, you want me to tell Bill Burgo, fuck himself. Billy from Florida. Thank you. And you know what? Once again, every time we do the unacceptables, it's the same theme. And the theme this time was um, shitty parents, it seemed like. Um, but the first one with the, the Corey, um, I think Corey Martinez said, you know, with the guy who lost his son, that, that bothers me. I hope to God that that guy gets some help and some money with that. It's fucking ridiculous. Um... Okay, let's go to um, Twitter real quick, and then we'll be done with the unacceptables, and we'll finish up. Let's see where we're at right now. Oh, almost an hour. Perfect. You know you know the Verzi effect goes a good 115 these days. Okay, this one is from Gary L. at Gary333. Coworkers that don't wear shoes... While in staff meeting, I don't care if you're handicapped. And then he has somebody on one of those scooters with just socks on. Uh, hashtag unacceptable. Yep, the feet will get you every time. The feet will get you every time. Thank you for the submission. Um, let's see what else we have here. Uh, I think a lot more were from the emails than the Twitter ones. So... Um, Let's see here. Yeah, not too many. This is going to be a uh, quick one for Twitter, I think. But you know what? Every time I do that and then I go down and I'm like, oh, yeah, somebody said that. So I just want to, I don't want people to be like, well, do you know, you told you told us to send it in on Tuesday and Wednesday. I do. You know, fuck this show. I'm not watching this. Sh I'm not listening to this shit anymore. Uh, wow, I can't find any here. I got to scroll down. There was some news that I'm going to talk about, and that made a lot of, um, you know, made a lot of the, the Twitter uh, 
you know, made me have to scroll a little more. Because I'm going to make an announcement. Here we go. This is from, oh, yes, and I want to shout out. This is from Dan at dnailer underscores designs. And Dan, actually, they came out to a show. Um, I was uh, hosting the show. They came out to a show that I was hosting to, and I said, I'll shout you out. Thank you so much for doing it. Um, and he said, uh, unacceptable is the amount of animals my group acted like the rest of the night following Saturday's show. Order more cages. Uh... 40s uh, on the MTA. What does that say? 40s on the MTA. Uh, yeah, well, thanks, uh, Dan. And I hope you guys had a good time. Uh, come again, too. Uh, anytime a 40 is involved, it's never going to be good. It's never going to be good. Uh, dude, I heard about the fucking Jets quarterback getting knocked out, and now that's fucking brutal. I mean, I'm a Giants fan. I don't care, but that's brutal. I mean, that's like... All right. Um, somebody, yes, yeah, somebody, you guys had to stop with the straight out of Compton fucking signs. It just got so fucking nuts that it was just so ridiculous. You know, the straight out of Compton, it was just, just too much. It was just too much. Um, okay. Yeah, no, you know, actually, I'm not done talking about the straight out of Compton signs. It was barely funny the first time I heard it, you know? It was like, the one that I saw, Cypher Sounds, shout out to Cypher Sounds, uh, really um, <laughs> funny one, his wife just had a baby, so he had a shirt on his baby that said like straight out of Mompton, and we talked, we saw it at this, co- and I like giggled at the comedy club and I was done, and then the next day, everybody, straight out of toilet paper, straight out of beer, straight out of this, really? Wow, that's fucking clever, guys, that's, cl- oh my, how did you think of that? Whoa, that is just so fucking amazing that now this movie's out and everyone's going to be like, oh, did you see my straight out of sign? Because it's just like, fucking stop it. But I I got to tell you, um, I have to say one of the greatest Facebook posts of all time. And by the way, that's it for the Unacceptables. Thank you. Um, if I missed you on Twitter or whatever, it was because some other stuff have happened, and I'll get I'll get to them or resend them. Um, please send the uh, unacceptables to unacceptables for TVE at Gmail. That is unacceptables for TVE at Gmail. Um, one of the greatest posts that I've seen on Facebook has been from my friend, um, my friend Joe Bartnick. And Joe Bartnick said yesterday, I guess it was the year anniversary of Robin Williams passing and he said I can't believe it's already been one year since comics made Robin Williams tragic death about them and it's so true it's like the amount of people that talked about when they met him what he said to them he thought they were funny and it meant the world and it was like all of these fucking attention starved motherfucking these comics these people in show business these fucking wannabe people in show business all this shit all these people and i'm sure and what sucks is i'm sure half of them and some of them are genuine but it's just like stop it fucking stop it all right a fucking genius who you never fucking hung out with and you ran across just because the job makes it happen said something to you. Don't make it about that. And that's exactly what they did. And Joe Bartnick's post was one of the greatest posts yesterday. Um, movies, guys. I am going to the movies with my wife. I want to see The Gift, but my wife doesn't like like scary shit. So I don't know. 
you know, I, I don't know. I'm going to try to like fucking get her to see that, but I haven't seen anything else other than just some documentaries on, on Netflix. Um, so the movies, I really don't have anything for you guys. Sports. Yeah. Just that, that Gino, Gino Smith of the Jets got knocked in the face and was out six to 10. I mean, that's crazy. That's crazy. Who would have even thought about, about that? Um, and you know, I guess the Yankees are losing. I wear a Yankee hat. I bought my new Yankee hat. I love wearing Yankee hats. It's just a classic cap. And people are like, oh, what's going on with the Yanks, bro? The Yanks are losing, dude, huh? And it's just like, yeah, I, I don't give a fuck like that anymore. Um, I'm, I'm actually, to be honest, waiting for the next either big boxing match or MMA fight. And I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for basketball. I'm waiting for the Knicks. Um, so... I'll get into it now. There's a couple things I want to talk about, and um, and then I'll get in. I'll get into the plugs, but um, I mentioned that I would. Um, I mentioned that I would uh, say this on the show. I know Bill Burr beat me to the punch because Bill's podcast comes out two days before mine. But the big announcement that I wanted to make, which most of you know, is I can't even believe I'm going to say these words, but I will be opening for Bill Burr at Madison Square Garden on uh, November 14th, Saturday night at 8 o'clock. No, it is not the theater at Madison Square Garden. I will be opening for Bill Burr in the arena in front of, I believe, 18,000 people in Madison Square Garden. Um, It is completely uh, amazing, humbling. I, I, you know... I always dreamed when I got into this business that I could, I always dreamed, I shouldn't say when I first got in, because, you know, you had to figure out if you're good at this or not, or if you can be good at this and have a career and a life doing stand-up, but I always knew, like, once I started to really, like, go, I was, I always thought, man, like, I could maybe, maybe I could do something special, you know, the people seem to like me, and I'm, I'm, you know, and I, I think I'm funny, you know, and I was like, maybe I could do something special, but... Um, I, you know, doing something like this is, um, truly a night that, uh, you know, I remember, I don't know, like, I mean, I mean, for Bill, it's just probably one of the biggest and most amazing things that he'll ever do. And to be asked to do it, um, and to be there with him and to be the comedian that opens the show, which is amazing in itself, um, is something that I'm, I mean, I could tell my grandchildren and, you know, hopefully I could get to the point where I could fucking do the garden, uh, where I'm headlining it. But you know what? This opportunity is, uh, something that, I mean, I want to thank Bill Burr on my show. Um, you know, me and Bill talk all the time and I can tell him, but I know you guys don't, you know, you guys that have listened to me and known what I've been doing and what I've been trying to do in my career, so, you know, thanking him just for giving me a um an opportunity, you know. I I opened for Bill in some some big places. Uh the biggest one I would say would probably be Carnegie Hall. I was also on his gala in Montreal in front of 3,000 people and I I've opened for him in front in, in major theaters, you know. But to be at Madison Square Garden, which for me is is one of my favorite places, Bill busts my balls and be like, "Fuck you, bro. They don't never win shit. What the fuck?" Listen, I don't give a fuck if the Knicks don't win. I mean, that's Madison Square Garden, and um, it's going to be amazing. So to be on that show that night in November, uh, it's a while while from now. People are talking to me yesterday, and 
Uh, everyone's like, man, that's crazy. Are you nervous? Are you this? Are you that? It's like, I have so many shows before then. I got flights to get on. I got to go to Canada. I got to go to Texas. I got to go to all these different places before this. October is going to be crazy. So I have so much going on with with other things. So I really can't put my head around this right now. But um, I am, I'm going to be, uh, you know, ready. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to have a good time. And, and, uh, and I know um, it's, it's going to just be amazing. So I want to thank everybody for, uh, well, you know, I hope it's amazing. I hope the venue is like is set up dope and all that. But it's Madison Square Garden, so I'm sure. But, um, you know. I want to thank everybody yesterday when I posted this on Facebook. Uh, I couldn't believe the amount of likes. I couldn't believe people reaching out. I was getting messages and texts from all people and people that know how long and how hard I've been working um, to, to get to get an opportunity like this. And, and you know, so um, it's it's fucking insane. It's insane. And I, I owe it all to Bill uh, for believing in me and, um, you know, feeling like, you know, if he puts that thing in my hands that I could do the job and, and, you know, and he's funny. He's like, I'm not doing the garden without you. He knows how much I love, you know, the Knicks. He knows how much I love New York. He knows how much I love Master Square Garden. Um, so yeah, it's, it's wild. It's wild to even think about and talk about right now. But, um, to be able to tell jokes and do that in that building that night is, uh, crazy. So, um, I believe there are some pre-ticket sales available right now. If you put a promo code, I believe it was Larry Legend 33. Bill it was Bill's promo code, and um, I believe the regular ticket sales start on Monday, so uh, you guys can get that. But um, yeah, man, I'm gonna be opening for Bill Burr at Master Square Garden November 14th. So that was the big announcement, and um, I'm completely uh, humbled and excited and all that for it. So. Um, also, I don't know if you guys saw this. We did the sketch. The sketch, the Goodfellas sketch came out. So if you go to my Facebook page or if you go to my Twitter and it's a bunch of people have shared it on Facebook and a bunch of people have shared it on Twitter. Uh, it just came out today. It's got over 5,000 hits already in like a day, a half a day. Um, but we redid the Billy Bats saying, go get your fucking shine box. I'm telling you guys, you got to do it. We did it with comedians. Sean Patton fucking killed it. Um, if you guys didn't see it, I play Pesci, Giannis Pappas plays Henry Hill, Mike Racine plays Robert De Niro, and Billy Batts is played by Sean Patton, and do yourself a favor, go to YouTube, and YouTube, Billy Batts, go get your Shinebox scene, and you'll see the whole entire scene, and then, uh, us comedians did it in the stand, and it is so fucking, like, close to what it really was, but just in like a comics, we did it like the, what what comics might say in that scenario, and uh, it was really funny. Everybody loved it. Like my wife was like, I laughed. My wife like laughed out loud. Like Giannis was great in it. Like, you know, it was really really fucking good. So I'm proud of it. I'm very proud of it, and that's why I'm saying it. it's not like just some sketch I was in or some clip that's online that I was in. Like this is something that's really. Um, really funny and and done really well I'm, I'm really happy i mean we were there like i said on the show i talked about it uh, a couple podcasts ago we were there from like filming from like 11 30 at night to 4 30 in the morning and i was like man i hope this thing looks good and it came out amazing so check that out also um my argument with sam morell on babe ruth is on uh two point lead 
So you could go to uh, you could Google uh, AOL two point lead Paul Verzi and Sam Morell settle a comedian settle a sports argument. We did that, and of course the same day I got um, Rooftop released uh, one of the jokes that I did from Laugh Boston a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they wanted to just get a new clip out there online of me so you could check that out. So everything kind of hit all at once. You know, I wanted it to be separate, but everything hit. So you could check those things out, but those things are available now. Um, other than that, guys, I don't really have much else. Um, I did, like, like I said, I mean, I'm just waiting for football. And um, how about Eli Manning and that new... I mean, I know I always talk about Eli Manning, so I'm not going to fucking sit here and jerk him off anymore. But he's fucking funny, even in these commercials. I, I don't know. The guy gets a bad rap and it annoys me. But uh, we are... How long? How long away are we from the NFL? I believe we are... Today is the 13th of August. Yeah, I think it's less than less than four weeks away. I think we are like literally three weeks or three and a half weeks away from the first Thursday night game, which will be the Tom Brady-less Patriots against whoever. And I said the Patriots will go 2-2 two and two or 3-1 and one without Brady, and then Brady's going to come back with a fucking huge chip on his shoulder and destroy people. But um, that's it. As far as plugs, I will be... Um, actually, I'll be opening for Bill Burr in Texas. Uh, Austin, San Antonio, a couple other ones. Those are going to be on the website. Website will be up and running with the new clip from Boston. That will be up tomorrow. Uh, the dates in Texas... I have some dates, uh, maybe an all-in date in Miami in October. We're trying to confirm that. Um, and, of course, obviously, Madison Square Garden on November 14th. But before then is uh, the uh, Just for Laughs Festival I'll be at in Toronto. So a lot of stuff. So check uh, paulverzi.com. You're going to see all the dates, a new clip, and all that stuff, new announcements. The album, which I just got word tonight from my manager, my album will be available Within either a week and a half or two weeks, definitely, because we're waiting for one thing that's going to maybe happen next week. And if it doesn't, it's going to be released like in a week. So uh, I'm going to take the final uh, album cover picture next week and uh, all the tracks are done and edited. So it's coming Um, and it will be called Night at the Stand. So that's done. And um, that's it. So all the dates, you could check paulverzi.com. Go to Twitter and follow me uh, at Paul Verzi, that's V-I-R-Z-I. Check out gonzofame.com and check out Brookings Mediation if you're going through anything like divorce, bankruptcy, debt settlement, contact John Burton. Uh, The phone number is at the top of the show when I do my plugs, but I'll give it to you now. It's 877-415-7770. Call up, say Paul Verzi and TV sent you. You'll get a discount, 30%, and he can help you, save you legal fees. Um... Gonzo Fame is the shit. Great interviews on there. Check that out. All Things Comedy. Go follow them at All Things Comedy. Um, This has been uh, episode 221 of the Verzi Effect podcast. Guys, if there's anything that you want me to talk about on future upcoming shows, hit me up. I will do it. Send your unacceptables to unacceptablesfortve at Gmail. Tweet at me Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday for the Twitter unacceptables. And um, that's it. But yeah, if there's anything you want me to do, I'm going to be doing a live podcast pretty soon here. Uh, or, you know, within the next couple of months, I'll be doing a live podcast in Boston. I'll let you guys know about that. I'm trying to put that together um, to do some promotions for the album and, and, and the podcast. So 
a lot of stuff going on, a lot of good stuff, and it's all because of you guys. It's all because of you guys coming out and uh, listening to the show, coming out, supporting me at shows, man. I feel it. You guys are the shit, and we're going to build this thing more and more and more. And um, don't think I forget any of you guys that I talk to at the shows or you come to at the shows. You come to the shows, we sit there and, and talk, and I love it, man. I love my podcast fans, like I always say. And if you see me at a show afterwards, even if I'm busy and there's people around, you're not bothering me. Come up and say what's up. Um, This has been episode 221. Until next week, until next Wednesday, I should be back to the regularly scheduled program. Um, And then I'm going away on vacation. We'll deal with that later. But I'm out of here until then. Take care.